Hey guys, this is Bruce. Welcome to Convo Courses. And today we're going to do something a little bit different on this podcast. We're going to be on three more plot platforms. I'm just trying it out. I don't know how this is going to go. It could be a train wreck. I'm not sure, but I'm on Twitch and uh, back on Twitter, X, whatever the hell they're calling it these days. And um, open topics, completely open topics. Um, so if you don't know, if you've not been here before if you've never listened to this podcast never seen me before um so i'm a 20 year over 20 years in it vet so i've been doing this for a long time and i'm here to tell you from the inside looking out how to get into this field how to get into information system security specifically but also how to get into it just some tips from from somebody who's been who's been doing this for a while. And a, a great thing about this community is that other people will jump in, will chime in who are also in IT, who are also in cybersecurity and tell you about it. My specialty is actually GRC. GRC is governance, risk and compliance. You don't get a lot of people talking about this kind of stuff, but it's a great career field, great career path. It's not hacking, you know, it's not uh, forensics. It's a whole different branch of cybersecurity that people don't normally talk about. So this is an opportunity to talk to somebody from them who's on the inside who could tell you, hey, here's what you should do if you want to do this. Here's some advice for you if you're trying to get into this, you're trying to transition from your career path to another career path. This is I'm here for you. Like you can ask me any question that you want and I'll do my best to, to answer it honestly and um, and set you on the path to do this. Or maybe you happen to already be in this field or maybe you're curious about it. This opportunity to ask any questions that you want about it, because this is an open topic. Sometimes I'll get on here and what I'll do is I'll teach a whole lesson. I normally do this at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard, but I'm having to do this a little early because I got some appointments uh, a little bit later in the day. So that's why we're doing this a bit early. Let's get right into this. Happy Halloween to you guys. It's coming up real soon, the holidays. But I've got some questions here that came or comments that came from YouTube. Um, let me see. What if I want to be overseas? I think I answered this one last week, but maybe I could touch on this one again. Somebody said, actually, let me share my screen so you guys can see what I'm, see what I'm seeing. Somebody asked me, let me see here. What if I want to live overseas? Is there enough uh, time in a four to six year, in four to six years to get a degree a high and a high level certification? So uh, I'm thinking what this person wants to do is they want to live overseas. They want to get a certification a high level certification like a CISSP or CISA or something like that, get a degree, a four year degree, and then live overseas. And they're asking, okay, I have a plan of four to six years to do this and live over in like a, maybe a, a lower uh, cost of living place. And that's their question. How, could you do that in, in uh, four to six years? Absolutely. You could totally do that in four to six years. What they're really looking for, what employers who would hire you to do this kind of work, who would hire you to do to work overseas, like let's say let's say you want to work in Thailand, right? Thailand has a lower cost of living. Bali, Bali, Thailand, Philippines or, or even Kenya or Mexico or anywhere else in the world. Lower cost of living It's just getting really hard to live here in the U.S. Cost of living is just going up and up. It's hard to live. If you have 60000 it's hard to live. If you have a couple kids or, or whatever, it's just really getting difficult here. So a lot of people are choosing to live overseas, right? I met a lot of I, – I travel quite a bit overseas. Um, not Within the last couple of years, not so much because I'm working for the government, so I can't really, like, work in another country or whatever. Uh, the last year I've been working for this company, I can't do really do that as much. But I just got back from the Philippines, so I couldn't work there. But I know what they mean. So they want to be like a digital nomad and work for a company in the U.S. Because the company U.S. has great companies. They pay really good. But if you're living in the United States, that pay doesn't go as far. 
So a lot of people are choosing to live in Bali and Singapore and, and wherever else they can live and then make that money. So here's how you could do it. Um, you you want to get with a company who will pay you, I don't know, 65 to 100,000 and up dollars and allow you to work from anywhere. And so these guys, myself having worked in companies like that before, they're usually looking for consultant type people who have years of experience in. They're looking for people with specialized experience who, who specialize in something like um, there's many, many things like you can you can be a, uh, a hacker who knows how to use Kali Linux very well. You could be a GRC like I do and know ISO, ISO 27001. You can be a forensics guy who knows how to use FTK. They're usually looking for somebody who's very specialized in something, uh, meaning they have hands-on experience in something. It doesn't have to be 20 years, but it has to be like you know what you're doing in, with that tool or with that program or with that framework. Um, or they're wanting somebody who, who has many years of experience. Who, who can come in and, and tell them what's going on, what's what, right? It's, it's normally one of those, in my experience, it's been one of those things. Um, like in one company I got hired for, I was a consultant, I could go anywhere I wanted, but they really wanted me to know frameworks. They really wanted me to know NIST 800. They really wanted me to know that and be able to write policies for them and, and I could do it. So uh, in another company, they just, they just wanted my experience. That, that happens a lot to me. I, I've just been doing this for a long time, but if that's not you, you're going to have to really specialize on something. It, it could be in hacking and, and know a tool really well. It could be in a framework. It can be an operating system. You can just be really, really good at. Uh, now, it's not going to be like something general, like generic, typically like um, Windows 11. But if it's like um, Windows 19 server or if it's like Red Hat server, like not a lot of people know what that is. So you're going to have to dig deep into some sort of specialized um, application, some kind of specialized operating system, some kind of specialized program or something that's going to set you apart from other people so you can get chosen by these remote, uh, these companies that will pay you to work remotely. That's just my, my personal experience. So in four to six years, to answer your question, in four to six years, you could totally get very deep in one of these things. On your way to getting your degree in some kind of STEM, I, I would recommend some kind of computer uh, degree. It doesn't have to be computer science. It could be it could be a cybersecurity degree. It could be information assurance degree. It could be just something in computers, right? That's that's what I would recommend. Cybersecurity, if that's what you want to do yet, yeah, go, go cybersecurity route. Um, and JM says they want the experience to include uh, to include in contract bids. Yeah, that's, that, that is definitely a big one. They want con that experience that they could say, okay, this, this guy's a CISSP, this guy's a CISA, this guy's got 20 years of experience. This guy's got 10 years of experience. This guy knows how to do FTK, you know, all that's anything that they can put on their, on their, uh, contract to get those windows contract with governments or other companies is really good. So JM, great point. Um, but okay, back on what we're saying here. So a company is going to want you to specialize in something. So on your way to getting your degree in some kind of computer, some kind of computer degree, um, I, and then you could also be working on your, uh, on a certification, a high a professional level certification. Now, of course, you're, you're not going to go directly to, um, uh, a professional level certification. You're going to have to build yourself up. So on your way to get your degree, you're going to build from an entry level certification to an intermediate certification to a professional level certification. Once you start doing the certifications, you'll understand the differences between, I don't know, um, an MCP versus a MCSE or something. I'm probably they changed the vendor certifications changed so much. I don't even know if that's the, the names of the Microsoft certifications anymore. <laughs> but I'm talking about from a security plus, there's a big difference between a security plus certification and a CISSP certification. You got to build up to that. Right. And experience, like JM says, is really what they're wanting your experience in a specific thing. 
um, that they're going to be able anything that they can use on a contract, see it from their eyes. They're they're having to win these big contracts with company, other companies or uh, in within an industry, whether it's the financial sector or healthcare sector or governments or whatever. And they have to win contracts with them. So they're trying to get you on their team to say, OK, this guy knows FTK really good. If you're a forensics person. This guy knows Cali Linux. He's got three years of Cali Linux. This dude knows what he's talking about. Uh, this this lady has a CISSP and she's been a PM uh, on two different uh, systems. In four to six years, you could totally do that and live overseas. Right now, right now, if I wanted to, I could live overseas full time. I could live in. I could be in Bali. I could be in uh, um, Costa Rica. I could be in uh, choose a place. I could be there, <laughs> and I could. I, there's companies who will pay me. Um, my rate to work overseas full time, or I could be a consultant working for two or three different companies. Um, but it, this didn't happen overnight. This this was something that I had to build up over time, right? And the only reason I'm not there now is because I, you know, I want my kids to have stability here in the U.S. So I'm here, you know, I'm here with them. So. You can do it. You can absolutely. It doesn't take 20 years. You could do it in four to six years. I'd say the shit you could do it within. A, you could do it within a couple years, actually. So, um, you know, you'd be working on your degree and get a and, and get some kind of skill set and then and get a job. These jobs do exist, um, but you just got to know you got to put get fill out your experience, get your resume uh, sharp, and then you can start competing for these types of jobs. All right, so let me see if I have any other comments, questions going on. Um, hey, Petite, how you doing? On um, Got somebody watching me on LinkedIn. I appreciate you. Thanks for showing up. Let me see. I'm on, if you guys didn't know, I'm on a few different platforms. That's why I'm kind of looking back, looking, going here, going there. Um, I'm on I'm on TikTok, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on YouTube, and I'm trying out Twitch. I don't know how that's going to go. We'll see. Normally, I get a bunch of trolls jumping in um, and saying random shit, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes, and then I'm on X. So let's see here. I'm just going through some of my comments. Some of these are the first time I've seen these comments on YouTube. Um, a lot of, a lot of love going on here. I appreciate all the positivity. Thank, thanks so much. Let me see if I'm finding any questions on here. Awesome teaching. God bless. Um, you're real good. Um, let me see what other, thank you for the message. I've got some video responses coming soon. I just have to edit some of these. So that's why sometimes it takes me longer to respond because some sometimes what I'll do is I'll do a video response and those take a little bit longer for me, especially if I'm editing them or if I'm doing a little bit of background on them. I have a bachelor's degree in economics. Can I do a master's in cyber policy and security? I think I already answered this one like a week ago. Last week I already answered this one. Um, let me see. Oh, here's somebody who disagreed with me. <laughs> All right. They said, um, I did a video about, somebody asked me a question. They said, okay, who makes more money, web developers or cybersecurity? That was the question. And I just gave them my honest opinion. My honest opinion was that web development, there's so much competition out there, especially from India, who will take less money for it. I know this because I, so I have a business and I'll pay and I'm looking for people on Upwork or Fiverr or whatever to redesign my website. And people on the West in Australia, Canada, America are going to charge me 10 times, maybe five times what I'm going to pay somebody in India who's going to do as as well or better than, than somebody in the West. 
and companies are seeing that. So a lot of times companies will pay somebody in in the Philippines or India who have a way lower cost of living, way less. They're paying them really good in, in their country, and their country is really good. But here in the West, since the cost of living is so damn high, um, you know, it's it's not going to be as much. So, for example, my website. So I have a website that's going to be designed here, real redesigned. I've been waiting to actually do it. But if if I were to get my website designed in the West, it's going to cost me three to five thousand dollars to do it. Right. To do all the pages and the, the landing page and everything. It'll be really well done and everything. But another company contacted me from India and they said, we'll do it for a thousand bucks. Oh, you want two pages done? We'll do it for two thousand bucks. And I'm like, damn, that's a pretty good deal compared to what I'm offered here. So my argument was that cybersecurity is better because the competition is less. Just my two cents. The reason why I'm paid so well is because I don't really not only paid well, but I can find these jobs that are high level because I don't have a lot of competition in cybersecurity. I don't have as much competition in cybersecurity, I should say. I do have competition, but it's less, way less. Because for one thing, a lot of cybersecurity positions, they'll do a background check on you and they require that you live in a certain state or that you won't leave with their laptop to another country because they then also sometimes they require that you are eligible for a clearance, which means you have to be a U.S. citizen or a citizen of that country that you're working for the government, whatever government you're working for. Um, or you have to have a green card or you have there's all of these different things that cut out somebody who's a foreign national from India from even competing at all, not just India, but from, from Thailand, from Philippines or from wherever they can't even, they're not even in the runnings. Right. Whereas in my argument was that in web development, if you have a web development company or if you're a web development employee, you're competing against planet earth. And while you might make great money, somebody's going to offer you five, you know, you might, get 5,000 of designers, but you're going to be competing against somebody who will do the same work for half. So my argument was that you, it's less competition. So I recommend that the person do cybersecurity because it's going to weed out a lot of competition for you. Um, and hot for high quality, high paying jobs. That's what I recommend. And the person's argument, they disagreed with me. They said less money in web development versus cyber where lol in every industry development beats out cyber proportionate uh proportionally i don't i don't know i'm not sure about that i'm just speaking from my experience like my experience is that there's less competition if you're trying to look for employment you know what i mean like in employment we have to compete you guys are going to be competing with me on some jobs we're going to be competing against each other to get these positions my thinking is if there's less competition and it's just with like with everything in business and marketing, what you do is you look at the supply and demand, check this out. So supply and demand. So number one, if you are to make a product or service, t-shirts, whatever designs, whatever you're going to do, the very first thing you have to do is look at the market. Is there a market for what I'm selling? Is there a market for journals that keep passwords, a password journal? Is there a market? Are people buying it? What is the demand for it? Right. That's the first thing you look at. Is there a demand? If there's no demand for it, if nobody is looking for journals that keep people's passwords in them. It's going to be a waste of your time and money and energy to, to do that market because nobody's going to buy it because nobody's looking for it. Nobody wants that. Now, if there is a market for it, if everybody's buying it and it's the hottest new thing and everybody wants one, now you have something that you can do. The next thing you look at is competition. Is there too much competition? A great example of that is diet books. If you were to go out and write a diet book or make a diet plan or make a diet website, do you know how many people you're going to be competing against? Yes, there's a market for it, but you're going to be competing against everybody on planet Earth. Right. You're going to be competing against everybody. And so that's going to be really hard to break into the top 100 the top 100 people you're not even going to be even to get close to the top 10 because 
top 10 is is Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, who else? Like there's those people are multi-billion dollar companies who are throwing a million dollars at ads. So how can you compete with that? So the first thing you look at is the market. Is there a market? Is anybody looking for this thing? Next thing is competition. Is there too much competition for this? Um, and if, if there is too much competition, what can I do to slip in there? What can I do? Sometimes there's so much competition, you got to say, nope, I'm, I'm out of this market. Or you got to say, okay, I'm not going to do dieting. I'll do dieting for, for dogs of this breed. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to figure out if that has a market. Or you got to say, I'm going to do dieting for just women who are in North America, in Iowa. You got to like niche. It's called niche down. You got to go to a smaller branch of that larger market. You know what I mean? So you've got to find a way in there. It's the same thing with getting a job. Check this out. So when getting a job, you got to look at them. Is anybody looking for your skill set? That's the market. Is anybody looking for your skill set? I can tell you right now, cybersecurity, people are looking for it. A lot of people are looking for it, right? A lot of people are also looking for web developers. Both of those have huge markets. The difference is the competition. With web marketing, with web development, the competition is crazy. It's on another level because you're competing against Earth people from other countries and one of the most dominant uh, right now, right now in this, in the last couple of decades, the most dominant um, groups of people who are just mastering that space and charging less is Indians. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just being real with you. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just being completely real with you. You're going to be competing against them and they are no joke. They're no joke. You know, so those web developers are no joke. So that's not say, to say you don't have a better product or anything like that, but they're going to charge half to do more work sometimes. <laughs> um, anyway, so and not just Indians, but Pakistan has some badass web developers. Uh, Nigeria has some badass web developers. So, you know, you name it. But the, the point is they're brilliant people. Who have a low they have the advantage of being in a lower cost of living so they can charge less you think they would charge less if they didn't have to um if they could charge more they totally would but thing is they're at an advantage because they can live on a fourth of what you live on here so you have to charge more as a web developer so anyway let's go back to our market so you've got cybersecurity and you've got web developers right both are large markets. People are looking for them all the time. Small to gigantic companies are looking for web developers and they're looking for they're looking for cybersecurity. Both of those are large markets. But now we got to look at competition. What's the competition with cybersecurity versus the competition with web developers? We already talked about web developer competition. It's huge. It's planet Earth. It's everyone. Now with with cybersecurity, it's a bit different because you're narrowing it down. So what cybersecurity are you doing? Number one. So what industry? Each industry has its own market. So healthcare, for example, has an industry of cybersecurity that focuses on policy and HIPAA and uh, medical devices and things like that. Right. Protecting patients data. It's a it's a bit different from financial security, which is focusing on making sure people aren't doing bank fraud, making sure that uh, people aren't getting scammed. Uh, Sarbanes-Oxley, which is making sure that companies aren't ripping people off and that kind of thing, right? Which is different from government cybersecurity, which is focused on um, protecting federal information, protecting PII information of, of people, I don't know, getting their uh, getting their their ID, their national ID or something like that, or getting their passport or something. So it's protecting data. So each one of these have a different industry. So you're already narrowing it down. So security isn't just, it's, it's a big ass umbrella, but there's under those that umbrella, there's all these different branches that are narrowing it down each time. So I still stick by my gun to say cybersecurity is, is a better, you have a better chance doing that than than uh, this other gigantic market 
web development. And I'm not saying don't do it if that's your dream to go do it. But, but one of the challenges is the competition. Now, you could say, OK, I'm going to be a web developer for and I'm going to secure your website. There's ways you can set yourself apart to where you have you niche down to where you're you're not just doing general web development for, you know, um, let me see somebody. I'm getting some comments and stuff here. Let me just address what I got on YouTube. Morning, sir. Love the podcast. I've done some online uh, FedRAMP videos for the government site, but is there an official cert or training to be uh, to be an official FedRAMP assessor? Oh, okay, you've you've gone through some FedRAMP videos on government sites, but is there an official certification for training? As far as I know, that's a great uh, Clinton. As far as I know, there's no certification for FedRAMP. Um, Fed. Well, I would say is this: FedRAMP follows very closely follows. NIST 800 series of Apple, which you probably already know. It follows NIST 837. It follows NIST 853, uh, NIST 860, Volume 2, FIPS 200, FIPS 100, um, FIPS 200, FIPS 199. Those, those documents right now there, if you read those documents that I just said, I just cited, you'll know almost everything you need to know about FedRAM. Uh, then FedRAMP has an extra. So for those of you guys who don't know, FedRAMP is a federal. It's a federal system, a federal process for cloud-based uh, technologies that are going to be used by the federal U.S. federal government. So FedRAMP stands for. I'm I'm googling it because I don't know off the top of my head. Just so you. <laughs> FedRAMP stands for, and those of you, oh, okay, Fed, FedRAMP stands for readiness, a set, no, that's not it. Fed, what the hell does FedRAMP stand for? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, let me, let me see, let me see. FedRAMP stands for, what is FedRAMP? Okay, Federal Risk and Authorization Management Program. Okay, so I've gone through that program a couple times myself within organizations. So the program, what it does is it, it says, okay, first of all, who's allowed to you, what, what, what uh, technologies is the federal government allowed to use for cloud? Right. And it'll like break down. Okay. You can use AWS, you can use Azure and here's how you need to use it. And then you go through this whole process to make sure that you're using it properly within the federal government. And they do that because Basically, every essentially everything is going to uh, the cloud, and the government needs to be very careful about how they allow their federal departments and branches and agencies um, on on how they allow them to do it. Like they'll allow you to do it because it's just a more efficient and cheaper way to do it. But they don't want they don't want these gigantic leaks, you know, where all people's entire all social security numbers are being leaked out because they didn't secure cloud properly. So FedRAMP is a, is designed to walk you through a process of a set of uh, authorization, and it's really just using the NIST. So the answer to your question is, as far as I know, there's no FedRAMP certification. That's what you want to know, right? FedRAMP, sir, let me just check real quick. There might sometimes these things pop up. Off the top of my head, I don't know of any FedRAMP certif certificates you could really use. Um, looks like AWS has a, no, I don't see a certification for it. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see a certification for it. But one thing you could do, here's what you could do. If there is one, it's, does ISACA have one? Maybe ISACA, let me see. Isaka FedRAMP certificate. Man, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing any. If they have them out there, they're not very marketable. And I have not heard. I've not heard of one that people say, "Oh yeah, get the FedRAMP, blah blah blah, Security Plus certification." I haven't heard of anything like that. But here's what a lot of organizations are doing in lieu of a, a official FedRAMP certification. What organizations, companies, and governments are looking for is um, a, a cloud-based 
certifications such as AWS is a big one, Azure. Um, Azure is a big one, and then Google Cloud Certification is another one. Um, and you, usually they're looking at, the government is looking at something called 8570. Well, let me see. It's, I think it's called 8140 now. They change, they change it all the time. 8140, which is a chart. I'll, I'll show my screen here in a second. Once I'm done, you'll, you'll have a better idea of what they're, they're trying to go here. There, so there is no official FedRAMP cert certificate. However, check this out. DOD approved 8140 baseline certifications. These are certifications that they typically, they, meaning the government and companies look for to uh, for their employees to satisfy. So even if they hire you, they're going to say, okay, we want you to have one of these certifications. So let me explain this, this little breakout diagram for you. For those who are listening, I'll explain it. I'm looking at a table that has, um, it has three different categories. It has an AIT level one. AIT is information insurance technical, technical level one, a technical level two, and a technical level three, right? They also have a management one, two, and three, and then a um, an engineering one, two, and three. But let's just start with a technical AIT, information assurance, technical uh, level one. And so at that level, they're expecting you to have an A+, plus, a network plus, a CCNA security, or a, C, a SSCP. And this, an eight, so technical level one, IAT, technical one is like a help desk person. Um, and then somebody says, is 8140 only for DOD? No. So it was designed by DISA, which is DOD. However, a lot of the federal government uses it. A lot of the federal, not all, but many use it as a reference, just like the STIGS, the uh, Security Technical Information Guides. It was designed by DISA and used mostly by DOD, but many other federal organizations use it. And by proxy, the the companies who have to get these these um, who have to get these uh, win these contracts are using 8140. So no, they're not the only ones who use it. Okay, so AIP level two is like a more advanced help desk. Think of it as like help desk that has to work with other help desks, or maybe they have a gigantic network. But AIP level two usually handles. Uh, two different lands, whereas AIT level one is one land and there's people doing just tickets, like normal tickets to fix a computer, to boot up a, a workstation, and they're doing customer service one-on-one, one -on -one, stuff like that. AIT level two is more like we have this network and it has to connect to this other network, and we're managing both these two or three, four networks. Like I'm a, I'm a help desk person, but I got to go over here, fix this one, make sure the network talks to one another. So they might also be a network engineer in some cases. So an, an AIT level two is CCNA security, a, a CYSA, which is a SOC analyst, a, a GSEC, a security plus. And so those, this thing changes from time to time. They, they've changed this thing a few times, by the way. Now, AIT level three is somebody who manages different enclaves. This is this might be even somebody who's a supervisor who's over a few different enclaves that are talking to one of them. An enclave is just a fancy word of saying um, different local area networks that have to go talk to one another through a, a, a wide area network. So it's it's going to be way more complex than your IA one, but there is some bleed between bleed over between IA level two. So it really depends on. Uh, I'm just kind of giving you an example of what the differences are. Like, this is not a hard and fast rule. It, it changes from time to time. But let me get to the, the point of what we're trying to talk about here. <laughs> we're talking about cloud. So they're expecting these certifications here. But if you look all the way at the bottom, when we get into the more analyst type roles, you'll see a couple of cloud certifications here. So here's one of them, cloud plus is one of the cloud certifications they're looking at. 
And here's the thing. There's a few vendor ones that are not listed, but they very highly are highly sought after. And a couple of those are AWS certifications, um, highly sought after. If you are in FedRAMP, if you know this, man, you it's going to really help you out. Another one's going to be, um, oh, man, uh, Google certificate, cloud certification. And I don't, off the top of my head, I don't DCP. AW, in order, it's going to be AWS, which is Amazon's cloud certification, right? And then there's levels to that one, by the way. Another one is going to be this highly sought after for a FedRAMP type person or cloud-based type person is going to be the next one's going to be Azure. And they also have levels to it. And then the other one is going to be GCP, which is Google's cloud-based technology and um, any kind of cloud certification after that. The reason why is because they want you to understand cloud technologies. The, here's the reason I know this straight up experience. Last about a year and a half ago, I was looking for a job. I was in between jobs. I just quit my job at Verizon. Great place to work, by the way, for me. It was, it was really good. I love the people and everything. It just I just had this huge transition in my life. Had to leave. But I'm going from job. To, I'm looking for jobs. I'm getting interviewed and stuff and I'm being real aggressive about putting my resume out. And I get these calls. And so I finally start getting interviews out of five interviews. Four of them asked me if I knew if I had a cloud certification and if I knew cloud. Right. And I, the best I could do is say, well, I. I'm from, I know what cloud is, and I did do a couple of FedRAMP certifications, but I don't I don't have an AWS. I'm not I can't do the technical side of cloud. Out of five interviews, four of them asked me about cloud. Four. So any kind of cloud certification you can get is going to help you out. Um, other than that, if you're working with the government, the 8140 is going to help you out quite a bit. Because 8140 is what they're looking for. I hope that answers your question. Um, let me see. I got some other questions here on TikTok. Somebody at MG says a certification to get and land a job. Certification to get and land a job. So certifications is, is a lot of times focused on MG. But the, the, the thing that you want to focus on the most, especially if you're a beginner, is, is um, experience. Experience above all other things experience a degree and certification that's that's those right there but experience is so beyond any other they don't talk about it it's not a sexy thing to talk about it's easier as a content creator for me to say oh just get the security plus you know here's why i should get this here's why you should be a cissp um here's this new google it cert that you should get and it's gonna magically make you a hundred thousand What's less sexy is is experience. That that's the thing that most employers are looking for. It's experience. How do you get experience? So the very first thing is you got to be in this. You got to have the knowledge. Nobody's gonna hire you out without the knowledge. The number one thing is to start. If you people are talk are talking to me are watching me who have zero knowledge, have just are just seeing this and are just seeing how man IT makes how much money. So we're in a recession and IT people are still hired. Cybersecurity make does what? So you're not going to just be laid off on cyber. And if you are, you can make more money somewhere else. What the hell? You mean to tell me you've been through two recessions and you've not been laid off before or you were laid off and you made more money somewhere else? People are just hearing about this and they're like, I got to get in. But they're you know, their job was a teacher or their job was illegal or their job was a nurse or their job was whatever. Right. So I'm speaking to everyone. Just just so you know, if you're starting off from scratch, you got to know the knowledge. You got to know the knowledge in I.T. and cybersecurity. You're you're being given keys to the castle. So they're wanting you to have some skin in the game, which means you got to know what the hell's going on with I.T. You got to know the basics. Um, what do I mean by that? So the basics is a common body of knowledge that you need to uh, get very, very familiar with. You got to be knowledgeable of this common body of knowledge. And it's things like just to kind of give you a breakdown and then I'll kind of lead you down this rabbit hole. If you're still interested in this, 
It's going to be how do operating systems work with hardware? How do, uh, what is a mobile device and how is that separate from a server? What is a client server model? Uh, what is a network? What is a private network versus a public network? What is, uh, what is an IP address? Uh, what is a firewall? How does that differ from an IPS and an IDS? What the hell is an IPS and an IDS? Um, those are very, very basic things. But if you want to go deeper down this rabbit hole, the knowledge, well, don't spend any money. Don't buy my book. I've got several books out there. Don't buy my book just yet. What you need to do is see if you are you even want to do this because you might not want to do this. It's not for everybody. So I would go to YouTube uh, and for free, just go look up help desk people. Help desk. That's a key word you want to type in. Being a help desk professional. Because that's number one is probably what you're going to do first time you work. Being a an IT customer support. Is that something you want to do? Just watch other people, content creators who just talk about being a health desk professional to get an idea. Or if you have that that nerd nephew or that nerd uncle or nerd uh, uh, auntie, go talk to her. Talk to her. Sit down with her and say, hey, how is it being an IT professional? What What are things I need to know? Can you refer me to some books? Um, what I did was I started breaking out. Um, I started getting knowledgeable from um, A plus certification, CompTIA A plus, and a lot of people in this genre of content creation shit all over that certification. They say, "Oh, don't get it. It's worthless." Blah blah blah. But listen, if you're trying to be a help desk person, if you're trying to do IT. The very first thing you're going to do is do help desk and you need to have a common body of knowledge. And so that common body of knowledge is the very first thing that you need to do is, is have that. Now, let's say you have the common body of knowledge. You already got Bruce, already know A+. Uh, I, I know that stuff. I'm a nerd. I sit there. I build computers. I'm a gamer. I built several of my own computers. I don't need A+. I know the difference between. Um, I know the slots in the computer. I know what a motherboard is. I know how it talks to CPU. I know what a memory is versus storage. I know all that stuff. I'm knowledgeable. I build my own networks. I configure my own router. I'm I'm good. The next step is from geek, you want to go to trying to get into this field. And this part right here is what takes some people out. They're like, nope, I'm done. They quit. But this right here is going to separate the men from the boys, the women from the girls. Like this right here is a step. This right here separates the geeks from people who are doing this for full time, the experience. So now what you wanna do is try to break in this field. And I always tell people, start where you are. Where do you work right now? If you're in retail, let's say you, you're a stalker in Walmart, right? And you want to do IT. I Walmart has one of the biggest IT forces in the world. So you might want to look at the site at your Walmart, at your employer. Go to your employer's page. If you're employed, go to their page and look for their career section and see if they have any openings for IT. Now, if they don't, um, that's fine. If you see an IT guy, you will see an IT guy. Go straight up to him and ask him. Tell them, hey, man, I'm trying to get into IT. Right now, I'm a stalker. I work in the back. What could I do? How did you get in? And they're going to tell you how it is. This is what I did. I was in the military. I was a police officer. I was a cop. I was an MP. We call it security forces when I was in. I don't know what they call it now in the Air Force, but that's what I did. I was a weapon specialist. All I knew how to do was shoot guns. But I happened to be a geek. I was always putting computers together. I was absolutely fascinated with IT. So I had the knowledge, but I was like, man, how do I break in? I started where I was. I went directly over, went, I had my gun, my M16 on, I was on lunch break. And I told, um, I was like, um, told the security center, I was like, hey guys, I'm gonna be out for a second. I'm, I rolled right up to the IT department, walked in there with my M16. And I was like, hey guys, I'm thinking about cross training. That's what we called it. Cross training from my field to your field. Like, what is it like being a help desk professional? And these guys helped me out. They, they broke down the difference between, in, in my field, in their field, the difference between a help desk person, a network person, and a program, because I had no idea that they were separate. I thought you had no programming to get in the help desk. I had no idea, right? So they broke it down to me, and I was like, and I was like okay, I still want to do this. 
And then they said, I said, well, I don't know if I could cross train because they were like, yeah, you can't just go, go over here, go over here and just ask them. And I did. And it just started me down this path. So start where you are, wherever, even if in your health, your, the healthcare industry, that's a big one, financial sector, wherever you happen to be, look for the nerds and the geeks and the IT people in that space. Go to the career page, ask them. If you are in college and you want to do it, they almost guaranteed have some program, working student program, that will allow you to fix computers while you're getting your degree. And then when you get out, you have experience. You can even shout, do your own time. If you're really hardcore, do your own time. Like you worked a shift in Walmart and then you're like, I'm going to take my own time to go work with the IT department in the back. They're not even paying me. I'm going to go back there and I'm going to watch them to see what they're doing. Right. So start where you are is, is what I was the best way to get to start, to get that experience, to get exposure to IT. Right. And then from there, you're just kind of doing step. You're taking steps in the right direction. A lot of people want to just go want to go straight from their administrator in the healthcare department doing medical billing to making one hundred thousand dollars being a hacker. Like, no, no. no. Listen, listen to me. No, you can't do that. <laughs> That's not how this works. This is a profession. You're gonna, you're becoming an engineer. It, that takes work. There's a huge body of knowledge that has about a hundred years worth of information that's been that's being squeezed in your head. So, and this you might not even like this stuff. Okay, so just take your time. All right, let me see. I've got some other questions here. I got a lot of questions here. Damn. All right, I'm gonna kind of speak. Go through these. Uh, Mr. Patrell says. Uh, can you look over my resume and give me some pointers, please? Oh, man, I got so many. I'm backed up with resumes. So a couple of people already sent me their resume. Um, so, David, at this time, uh, I can't look at your resume, but I would if anybody else who has a resume right now, uh, what I would advise you to do, Nobby, thanks for that 20 bucks, man. I appreciate you. What I advise you to do is there's a couple tools that you that I use. One is called Resume Worded. Now, it's a paid program. I think they have a, a trial, but I loved it. I took my own resume, I uploaded it, and it'll tell me everything that was wrong with my resume, and then I fixed all those things. Another thing you can do is cheat. Go to LinkedIn and look at other people's resumes. Some people have their resume that's or my, my resume included. It's free. You can download my resume, combocourses.net. Go download my resume and give you an example of what a resume should look like and kind of give you an idea. No, don't copy it word for word. That's dumb. Look at mine. Look at how I word it and take that idea and put that into your own use that sauce that that recipe there but you can also go to linkedin and there's hundreds of re resumes that you can look through to get an idea what keywords to use and all that kind of stuff all right another thing that you can do is use chat gpt chat gpt and maybe google's bard and then um what's the other one that's really good bing bing has a chat uh ai too that's based off of chat gpt and if you take your resume, check this out. You take your resume, you upload it to ChatGPT and say, make my resume better. I want an ATS style resume, make it sound like a professional who's been doing this for X amount of years. It will take your resume and do exactly what you just said. And then take that resume that, that ChatGPT redid for you and put that into Resume Worded, which is a resume writing service. And that will say, hey, this is good, but you got to use you're using too many passive words. Um, they don't normally put us, the resume is not usually this long. You should probably shorten it. Hey, where's your education section? Here's what I recommend for this. Like those are some things that you can do on your own that you don't have to pay me to do because I'm I'm charging way too much to do this. So if you like, if you pay me $300 an hour, I'll do it for you. I'll, I'll drop everything I'm doing right now. I'll, I won't hang out with my kids today and I'll just look at your resume. <laughs> So don't do that, though. Like, I'm telling you to do it, how to do it for free. And so just use those those methods. Uh, let me see. All right. Since Navi paid me 20 bucks, I have to I have to <laughs> drop everything I'm doing. OK, it says Bruce, what do you think about virtual CISO work helping small companies properly configure their Microsoft 365 cloud and remote workstations? 
I need a good side hustle as a CISSP. Here's a couple, a cup of coffee on me. <laughs> Thanks, Nabi. I appreciate you. Um, so Nabi, this is great, man. I really appreciate it. Um, another thing that you can do besides, I think it's great. I think a virtual, first of all, virtual CISO and, and all that kind of stuff is really, really good. Um, other things you can do is on your resume. Now check this out. Here's a little trick that I use if you want to work remotely um, and have a, like a little side hustle. And I'm I'm literally turning down some side hustles as we speak. Some of them I take, they're so intriguing. I'm like, mm, this sounds cool. I want to do this. And I'll work with somebody, you know, one on one privately with a company or whatever. And that's cool. But let me tell you something. Here's how I find those little good gigs right there. What I'll do, I try to Upwork, right? I put my stuff on Upwork, nothing. I can get nothing back, right? Maybe I'm asking too much. I don't know. But this works better. So what you do is on LinkedIn, you'll put um, on the very top, let me see if I can show you guys. You'll put looking prof looking for remote work, looking for work from home, right in the top. Part-time, right? You're looking for part-time remote work because some companies will allow you to work. Like the company I work for now, I can work full-time. And they specifically said, you guys can work part-time. Just let us know. If you guys have any kind of part-time work, if you have anything going on, just let us know about it. And it's cool. Now, some companies, they'll have you sign a contract saying you are not allowed to work for anybody else. I don't, for whatever reason, right? Um, if they catch you, you're fired. But some companies are okay with it. Just don't like get our work done. And then you can do whatever you want on the side. So, sounds like LinkedIn headlined it. Let me show you. Let me show you what. Let me see if I, I'm going to log into my LinkedIn page real quick and I'm going to show you how mine looks. Um, so here's my LinkedIn page. Hold on. Get, bear with me. For those of you who are listening to me, listening or watching on TikTok, I'm showing my LinkedIn page. And if you want to find my LinkedIn page, it's just LinkedIn. And it's, if you type Bruce CISSP RMF, you'll probably find me page one and, and my whole, all my stuff's out there publicly. Okay. So yeah, so here's my LinkedIn page, and let me see where I where I put it. And I've been getting responses for this. It's in um, there's contacts. I believe it's in. It's weird seeing myself on LinkedIn live. I want to say it's in this part. Uh, I thought it was in about the about me section. Did they change this? Let me see. Yeah, here it is right here. Check this out. So in the about about section, look at this. Look, look, look. Looking for remote work doing risk management framework. That right there. This right here, I'm so shocked. Because I put this in my resume, because I put this on the top of my LinkedIn page, I actually get employers contacting me saying, hey, man, I have a remote job. Would you like to do this? I'm getting more people contacting me saying I have a remote job. Like, do you want to do this remote job here? This one little trick has changed the game for me. Another thing you can do is this. You can go. I'm on LinkedIn right now. You can say. Um, let's say you were in risk. You did risk management framework, right? You did risk. I'm just going to put RMF. You did. I don't know what you're maybe you're a SOC analyst. Maybe you're a, um, a um, I don't know, policy guy. Maybe you're a, a ethical hacker or whatever. Put your keyword here. And then what you're going to do is look for. We're going to look for jobs, actually, not posts. We're going to look for jobs. Search by jobs. I'm on LinkedIn. For those of you who are listening on TikTok, you can't see my screen, but I'll. I'll walk you through it. So what I did was I typed in RMF, which is a keyword for me, risk management framework. And then what I'm going to do is check this out. Uh, check this out, Navi. Then I'm going to do like this. I'm going to look for 
Um, let me see. What is the other filter? I'm looking for part-time, part-time work. Because part-time don't expect you to work 40 hours a week, right? They only want you to work. So first of all, let's look for remote. There's only one risk management framework job that's remote. Okay, this is the wrong keyword. <laughs> I need a better example. Let's just type cybersecurity. All right, so here we go. Cybersecurity. Now there's okay. Now there's over a thousand. All right, so now I typed in my keyword cybersecurity. I typed in remote, and now I'm looking for jobs with. I'm going to look for all filters, and I'm looking for part time, part time jobs. Another thing we need to do to make it more relevant is say in the past month, we're looking for only jobs in the past month. Otherwise, it's looking for stuff that's already gone. Um, now we're looking for part time. Here we go. See job type. We're going to look for part time work. Now, the reason why I'm doing this, I say part time work is because now now it's down to 500. Now, these part time jobs aren't expecting me to be in an office. 48, 40 hours a week. As a matter of fact, it's not even in the office. These are all remote part-time jobs. And now Navi, what I could do is I could take these jobs as a side hustle and they're only expecting, you know, 15, 20 hours a week for me or whatever, whatever, you know, whatever we work out. Um, and let me see, how about this one? Remote analyst, US, United States. Now, if I wanted to do 100% out of the United States, I couldn't do this job. But if this one, as long as I'm in the United States, it's fine. And then I would talk to these guys in the interview about how many hours that they want me to work. And if it wasn't cool, you got to be real aggressive with these part time uh, with these remote jobs because there's so much competition for them that um, you got to look for. You got to do a lot more interviews with these. I've noticed. Look, 50 applicants already from three weeks. It's just way more competitive with with these uh, remote jobs because more people want. Them. But yeah, so this is a part time job doing what I do. So that's Navi. That's what I would advise you to do, man. That's what I've been doing. It's been working for me, man. I've been getting offers for remote work, for part time work, um, side hustles, all kinds of stuff, man. So um, and every now and then somebody will contact me and I don't have time. They'll want me to do some work. I don't have time. So Navi, you're you're the type of person like your background. I would send you some of my if you're interested, let me know. Sometimes people will send me stuff and I'm like I don't have time. I can't do that. Like I'm busy. I have a full time job and I'm doing some part time stuff. But I know maybe I can come to you, Navi, and say, hey, man, I, I do, are you interested in this? And I'll send them over to you if you're interested in that. Would be cool if I had a mastermind of people who who would take those kind of jobs because every now and then man i get i get these offers and i just don't have time to do it you know i just i'm already doing stuff so this is not enough time in the day to do it so navi said sounds like a headline you could put it in the headline actually that might even be better but i put mine in the uh in the about section and they still find it so somebody on linkedin said hey bruce thanks for what you do Happy to connect with anyone from Combo Courses community. Yeah, absolutely. Just um, look. I've got another page called Combo Courses. And um, the best way to connect with other people is, is right here on these live streams. Because I got people like Navi, um, who's a who's a vet, who's been doing his thing for a long time. Um, I've got people like last week, I had some PMs jump on. And they were educating me on some stuff. You know, so... The best way to connect with my community is on these lives, but I'm going to, I've been talking about this for like three years <laughs> and I've got a, um, a dead discord out there and a, and a, and a dead group, but probably that'd be a better platform for us to continuously talk, you know, rather than email where I'm just posting stuff out and then I get my email gets too overrun with stuff. But would you guys recommend, a, a, I need some advice from you guys. Should I do Discord or should I do a, a, a Facebook group or neither one? Like which which one is the best path for me to, to take to where we could continuously talk? What's what platform do you think is best? I've had Discord. Somebody said Discord. What do you guys think? I'll I'll be taking a running um 
tally of which ones you guys think I should do. I've got both. I just don't post things on it because I don't know which one people like really want. Revive that Discord. It ties well to cyber folks. Okay, okay. I got two Discords. All right. In the meantime, let me answer a couple more questions. I got to get going here real soon, guys. I got some family stuff to take care of. But um, somebody said, I recognize your name as TikTok cybersecurity now. What? <laughs> um, looks like we're at the end of remote job era. Nah, nah, this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning, baby. <laughs> um, I think that there was a big spike of, of it because of COVID. And now companies are kind of coming off that high and pulling back a little bit. But I don't think remote jobs are going anywhere because for a lot of companies, it's cheaper rather than at one job I worked at. They had this huge facility that housed all these people. Once COVID hit, they had to reduce that to five. You know, they had a, a huge facility with hundreds of people and then COVID hit. And now they're paying this gigantic rent uh, on this facility where everybody else, you know, had to have everybody work from home. So now people are still working from home there. And at the end of the day, it didn't even make sense for them to be in the office all the time because they, we were traveling a lot anyway. So I think that there's still room for remote jobs. And um, I do more work remotely than in the office. In the office, I'm distracted by all this bs all this oh, hey let's we're gonna have a meeting over here in this office now we're gonna have a meeting over here in this office when i'm online all i do is work man i'll work at night i'll work on weekends i'll work i'll just be like okay i gotta get this done and so it's about the work i think it's i think the way people are gonna manage it manage it is different but and it's gonna go it's gone down it's stabilizing like it went up you know during COVID and now it's kind of stabilizing, but I don't think it'll ever go back to where it was where very little people were remote work. I've been doing this before COVID. I've been working remotely before COVID, during COVID, and now after COVID. And I'm just telling you the difference. Before it was super hard. Listen to me, guys. It was hella hard to find these remote jobs. It was hella hard. Um, and then COVID, it was hard not to find them. They were everywhere. And then now it's kind of like mellowed out. Like all it's doing is like it's not like it wasn't people are coming back to the office and stuff, but it's not ever going to be back to where it was. It's kind of like airport security. Remember before 9-11, before 9-11, it was a way different world to come. Remember how it was to just walk on a damn plane? <laughs> you, you, It's hard to remember now, right? But it was a time we just walked on a damn plane. I mean, they do some security on you, some fake ass like wand, whatever. OK, go ahead. But now it's like, take your shoes off, take your hat off, take your belt off, strip naked. Let me see what's in this bag. You know, it's just different. It's never going to go back to where it was. Never. Uh, let me see here. Got a couple other. What time is it? Oh, man, it's 1130. I got to get off of this thing. Revive that discord. OK, sounds like I got a couple people want me to do discord again. And I, what I could do is just start posting jobs on Discord. I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Posting jobs and stuff on because I get so many job opportunities and stuff. And I don't really know where to put them because if I start, to be honest, if I put all of those in my in my newsletter, people will just get tired of my emails after a while. I get so many. So I just kind of cherry pick the ones. But if I had the Discord, I could just post almost everything on there. Maybe I can even hire somebody to just post, just do nothing but post shit on there. Hmm. Discord, huh? All right, Navi, thanks for that. That in MG, I think somebody else kind of commented on that. What was that site you were searching on? Um, the only site that I shown on this one was, uh, LinkedIn. I was on LinkedIn showing my LinkedIn page and showing, um, like how I do my link, my page to, uh, to get remote jobs. Uh, let me see here. Let me see here. 
I think that's it, guys. I got to get going. Um, I really appreciate everybody. Thanks for the coffee, Navi. I really appreciate you, man. Um, I've got to get off this live stream. I really appreciate everybody who follows me and um, all, all your comments and stuff. Just keep following me on, on video. Like, If you have any question at all, just post them on the comments. Right now, that's the best way to, to continue this conversation. A lot of times, if you haven't noticed, I'll take you guys' comments and I'll just make a video out of that one comment and then we'll continue the conversation like that, you know. So um, that's it, guys. Um, I'm right now, I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Twitch for the first time in a long time, uh, X, I'm on TikTok. And that's it, guys. I'll talk to you guys later.